All right, and welcome back to Married with Children, the podcast. Mm -hmm. And we are very, very excited today uh, to be joined by a man of many talents. Uh, (laughs) I wouldn't go that far, but... Jordan Rehart is here with us, journalist for the Seymour Tribune, um, author. Uh, we're going to get into that a little bit. Musician and music lover and um, self-described beer nerd. So uh, <laughs> yeah. a little bit of everything, Jordan. A little Jordan. bit of it all. A little bit of it all. And we are really, really excited to have you. So thanks for joining yeah. the podcast. I'm really excited to be here. I mean, I've never been on a podcast before. so And you listen to podcasts, and right? I, I mean, I, like you are. Yeah, I'm, I'm also a podcast enthusiast, yeah, too. Yeah, I was going to say. You know, so. so this is cool. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah. No problem. Well, before we jump in here with Jordan, let's thank our sponsors. Mm-hmm. We've all heard horror stories about insurance companies and insurance agents. Let me tell you about my family's agent, Tommy Taylor. Tommy is an agent at Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance and is a multi-line agent that can keep all your insurance in one place. Why is a dedicated agent so important? When you have the unexpected occur, you'd much rather know the person on the other end of the phone. Contact info for Tommy. at extension 2447 or look him up on Facebook at Tommy Taylor, Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance. Don't be another horror story. Stop knocking on wood and relying on a 1-800 number. Trust Tommy Taylor today. Miller's Termite and Pest Control is the only place you need to look for pest control. Don't get roped into contracts or high prices with the big companies. Reach out to someone who cares about you. They can handle any problem from termites, bed bugs, ants, spiders, etc., They also do lawn care. Where else can you keep the bugs out of your house and your yard looking sharp? Reach out to them today on Facebook at Miller's Termite and Pest Control. Email at pest underscore n underscore peace at yahoo.com or by phone at 812-767-5657. Looking for a new tattoo? Looking for a professional piercer to add to your body art? There's no reason to drive to Indy or Louisville. Just visit Beauty from Ashes Tattoo Parlor in Crothersville, Indiana. Beauty from Ashes is located just past the Dollar General on Highway 31. Stop in and check out the amazing work done by all four artists at the shop. Each artist has a unique and personal style, but all do amazing work. The shop is family friendly, so don't hesitate to bring your kids or loved ones with you when you stop by to get some ink. Check out all the artists' work on their Facebook page and book an appointment today with either Kyle, Martha, Billy, or Lily. You won't be disappointed. Beauty from Ashes Tattoo Parlor, Crothersville, Indiana. And some exciting news there with uh, Tommy Taylor, Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance. I was just going to say something, yeah. Um, Tommy is now in the North Vernon office. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to see Tommy, just swing by uh, the North Vernon office down there by RB, between Arby's and KFC in North Vernon. Um, and he is happy to help you. So make sure you go out there. And again, like I've always said, um, it's not just a sponsor. He is truly our family's agent and has done a ton of good things for us. So shout out to Tommy. Mm-hmm. Did you? Was that what you were going to say? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to talk about how he's, yeah, moved. No, you're good. Yeah. So before we jump in uh, with Jordan, we were kind of just talking this off air, and, and <laughs> we have and everybody to, will be listening to this on Tuesday, right? This yeah, episode. Or, unless they lo- well, yeah, unless they're the watching now, right? Yeah. But we we have to address the the biggest <laughs> news story of the day. I mean, I don't know that we could be a true. Uh, I guess subpar news outlet if we don't at least mention it. (laughs) Oh my gosh, especially from Indiana. (laughs) That last night, uh, Andrew Luck, franchise quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts, retires. Retired. Very stunning. Uh, And, you know, we were talking off air. I think everyone kind of had the same reaction. Like, I first (laughs) saw someone had, like, posted, like, a screenshot of something from Twitter or something. And my first thought was, this is clickbait. This is somebody's made up this. And, 
some yeah. bloggers out there yeah. you know, doing something. It, it's something stirred. And I scrolled a little farther. And the next one I saw had per Adam Schefter, which like, oh, OK, well, yeah. if you're a yeah. sports fan, now, anything that goes down in the NFL, Adam Schefter knows it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I flip on ESPN, uh, the app, and right at the top, Andrew Luck has already met with Jim Irsay, and um, he is retiring from the NFL. So and, uh, I was really tired last night, but I watched the the press conference, and uh, that was the last thing I did before I went to sleep. And I woke up this morning, and I was like, "Was that did, real? Did, did that actually did oh, that my happen?" Gosh. And uh, yeah, it did. <laughs> And, you know, I, I think, wow. it, and, and we kind of talked earlier, and, you know, the fans were everything from totally vicious to um, very understanding. Right. And and there's always that continuum there. And I'll be upfront and transparent. I am not a Indianapolis Colts fan. I don't root against them. I liked Andrew Luck, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm not a fan. So it's a little easier for me to be on the human side, the understanding side. But I do think it's tough for some of these guys. When you look at some of the legends and, you know, you talk about the Joe Namus and the, the Troy Aikmans and, you mm-hmm. know, the way they walk, the way they, you know, struggle, the pain that they're in. I think it's tougher and tougher for some of these guys when they start seeing those injuries to say, yeah, I'm going to keep doing this. Well, the, the thing in football, I think recently in terms of health has been yeah. about the brain. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, Andrew Luck is no dummy, uh, you know, went to Stanford and all that and probably wants to reserve his brain and you know yeah. we were talking too about how in this cycle of injury rehab injury rehab yeah. and i guess he kind of got tired of it i'm somewhere in between on you know kind of being a little frustrated and angry and you know kind of also being like well i respect that uh, decision i certainly wouldn't have booed him off the field last yeah. night like yeah. people did well but. and you know the thing is is like you didn't even hear any like rumors about no. it like leading up to no. this you know how no, like, that's what's amazing sometimes, the circle kept it <laughs> yes like yeah. so i mean like you always hear you know is it you know is he gonna re- like like just yeah. talking you know about it or mm-hmm. leaks about it and like it was nothing until it yeah. was just like boom he's gone and I'm i like, think oh that my was gosh. part of maybe even some of the reaction from fans and, and he, he addressed that in that press conference by saying this wasn't an easy decision yeah mm-hmm. but i think it's hard we're so used to in today's day and age rumors being leaked yes us yeah. being on the inside of yep. most of these with, decisions with all of the me- social media and stuff too oh yeah it was to a fan i think it felt like dude did you just decide this when you walked yeah. out today yeah like, no, you're like about, i don't want to do it today it's about two weeks ago 10 days ago which actually is pretty quick but also a great length of time when you're talking about social media and how mm-hmm. things leak out and and all yeah. that so it's surprising that uh someone from the inner circle didn't yeah. say hey andrew luck's gonna to be the, per- the person days. to leak it because i'm but, sure yeah, that was but, i mean that's pretty good information. and i believe if i'm correct him and his wife are expecting their first yes. child oh, are yes. they? Okay. which I, i'm sure that plays part in yeah. someone it. asked that question he said no that had nothing to do with it at all which that it's kind of hard to believe but <laughs> that's i mean hard, like, that's but, hard to believe i i would say that, that but probably, i mean like i don't think that you want to be able to run around with your kid, right? Yeah, and yeah. He, and right now he really can't run around because mm-hmm. he keeps playing football and yeah. keeps getting injured. And I really think, as a Colts fan, I'll maybe I'll get a little in a different direction here. I feel like Jim Irsay and uh, the previous GM Ryan Grigson, they're the ones to blame. Oh, I, mean, I would agree, hundred percent. They put his body through all this. Oh uh, yeah, you know, well yeah. They had they had Andrew Luck for so many years, and they didn't do anything to protect him. Yeah, and here we are 
Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Uh, that's that's and I a good think point. That's the other thing. You make a great point. I think that's mm-hmm. the other thing that's tough for Colts fans to swallow is the fact that you're finally getting to the point you're feeling like, okay, this team is getting built yeah. around him. Yes, and it, and it's similar to what you saw with Peyton in his early years. Yeah. Was, we finally have gotten the team around them. Yeah. Yep. We got a defense that's strong enough. We yeah. can hold teams yep. to compete. Yeah. For and, the first time, like <laughs> ever in my lifetime. Last year, the Colts had a defense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not used to this. <laughs> Even with Peyton, it was yeah, just it was like, like, let's a, just outscore him. <laughs> yeah, that's like, exactly you know right. I mean? Like, that's uh, what it was. <laughs> we're, we're down 30, 35 points uh, in the fourth quarter, but we've got Peyton Manning. Yeah. We'll be all right. Yeah. You know, but yeah. Uh, oh. And, yeah. It, and it is. I think it's I think it's very, very tough to understand, you know, what a guy like that goes through. And, and the yeah. other thing that I think is amazing is you go back to that 2012 draft class and you look at the debate over rg3 and andrew (laughs) luck yeah Yeah. and and not and i'm not throwing either one of them under the bus because this is something that bothers me too and i had a buddy from evansville that just tweeted this out the other day that said you know quit saying that guys in professional sports suck or are awful oh yeah oh yeah the the last guy on the bench would school anybody today oh yeah out here so well people for i'm a sports fan so i you know think about these things a lot and I'm a really I'm a baseball nut. In even though I see uh, Chicago Cubs stuff here, I <laughs> I, I know will, you're a Cardinals I, fan. Yes, it, I will remain here, um, but uh, I'm treading. You didn't just walk out. Yes, I'm treading into you know dark territory here. But uh, Matt Carpenter is having a really bad bad year, and people on the Cardinals Facebook page are like just trashing him and trashing him and everything. It's like, why? I mean, yeah. like, and he's on he's playing in the best among the best players on the planet um you playing your 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 city league softball yeah, does not yeah. qualify no, you to no. say whether matt yeah. carpenter should sit out or not <laughs> and that's and that's what i you know drives me nuts because people act like that and then it's you know you have no idea how good these guys really yeah. are oh yeah it's hard to hard to see from our vantage point right yeah absolutely and on the on the flip side i you know i watch a lot of hard knocks and i watch it because i love the i obviously i love football it's my favorite sport but Mm -hmm. i love the inner workings of the coaching dynamic from coming from coaching myself and all those kind of things but antonio uh, brown was on there obviously and is going through Mm -hmm. all the things with the helmet and the cryo burnt feet and everything he's gone through but he was talking about rehabbing his feet and he said you know people in public think that when we're injured and we're out we're just hanging out at the house uh, you know watching tv yeah he said we work harder yeah. rehabbing to try and come back from injury than when we're healthy. Well, the point is to get back on the field, right? right? Yeah. So. Well, I mean, and they have to stay, I mean, like, they have to stay somewhat in shape, even if it's like, you know, a few weeks or a month, they're not just sitting there, like, hanging out and eating whatever. I mean, like, they they still have to maintain, like, their diet and their, mm-hmm. I mean, like, maybe do whatever weights they could. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like on top of, you know, I mean, depending on the injury, but it's just like, I'm sure that's true. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, really all any of them want to be doing is contributing to their Yeah. They they don't want to be just sitting on the sideline. No, no, no. No, yeah. it's easy for us to sit here and go, man, how great would it be just to sit at home I'm and sitting make home making money, money but yeah. oh, any yeah. true competitor that makes it that level like, no. wants to compete. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So anyway, crazy story. Um, <laughs> something I, I, I think we can all agree we've not seen before in nope. the way it went down. And, um, you know, but and I, I agree with you totally. I, I mm-hmm. You had a great point that, you know, the, the being annoyed and frustrated and especially with the timing. Yeah. I, and I think that's the biggest part for fans. If this would have happened at the end of last season, people yeah. would have still been disappointed. Yeah. But I think they could have said, okay, we get it. Yeah. It's the point that we're 
two weeks away from right. the NFL kickoff. And right. I mean, well, even the, even the fact we talked a little bit off air, Jacoby Brissett, in my opinion, I get I'm not a Colts fan, so you can destroy me for this thought, but I am the fan of the Bears, and we've not had a quarterback until Mitchell Trubisky since Sid Luckman, so yeah. I do know a thing or two about not having quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah. And the kids are like, who's that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, I, I really truly think the the bigger thing, I think Jacoby Brissett will be fine. I think yeah. he, is a, I think he yeah. is a solid NFL starter. I think the bigger thing for the Colts right now is how do you go find that quality backup behind Brissett? Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah. that's everybody right now is just upset. We don't have a starter. We don't have Andrew Luck. But who you backing Brissett up with is the big question yeah. where you find them. Yeah, I mean, who knows what's going to happen. I, I, I think that for me as a Colts fan, um, and I've seen some pretty bad Colts years, um, that it's, it's actually not as – it's frustrating for me that, you know, the season's two weeks away and – well our franchise the timing player, of it yeah players but but that doesn't bother me actually as much as thinking like okay next year i'm not going to see andrew luck play mm-hmm. and, and the year after that i'm not either yeah so it's like okay well because i was a, i'm a true fan of andrew luck um so it's kind of like man this is all this is over and it's yeah. not over because he got old oh <laughs> you yeah know, like yeah yadier molina is my favorite athlete of all time and he's going to retire i think the end of next year <laughs> Um, and I'm, you know, that's sad, but I'm fine with that because he's, he's old. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. Right. He's not old, but well, yeah, for, for an athlete, yeah. he's old. Okay. For a professional yeah. athlete, yes, yeah, yes. He's, he's very old. Yeah. <laughs> for, I, for that. I, I hope, uh, Yadier Molina is not a listener to this podcast <laughs> yes. and uh, going to ban me from you know what? Even stadium. If, if he is. I mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if he is. And even if he comes and whips me for making that comment, it would really help our listenership. <laughs> yes. So, yes. Can we get him it. on the podcast? We, we, yeah. We'll put that on YouTube. <laughs> uh, but don't understand what you're saying because yeah. that's, as, yeah. as, that, that's where I come from is not being a Colts fan, but just being a fan of the game in general. Mm-hmm. I hate the idea that Andrew Luck's not going to be involved anymore. You know, going to, to, right. to baseball, Greg Maddox not being in the major leagues anymore is yeah. a heartbreaker to yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, getting to see some of those that, even though I may not be a fan of that team, but those great athletes, I've said yeah. forever. I, I am not a Patriots fan. I root against the Patriots. Yes. Yeah. But when Bill Belichick and Tom Brady are gone, the NFL is going to miss something. Oh yeah, I mean that's that is the team to hate. It's you, oh, you it is, at, it is. And, and I grew up blessed in the '90s as a Bulls fan, but yeah. we were the team to yeah. hate. If you right. weren't a Bulls fan, right. you hated it. When the right. Bulls went away, it was kind of like, where is, Ooh. where's everybody? What's, where's this yeah. group? So what's going on? <laughs> yeah, as a fan, I think it's it is very very difficult to um, to see him go. And, mm-hmm. and and I think the other part is you still question that's what i was getting to and i kind of got off track when the 2012 draft class when you look at that debate over rg3 and andrew luck i think you look at both of them and you say they never really reached their their potential their ceiling that what everybody thought, thought they had. yeah yeah um and that's not a knock on what andrew luck did i'm not yeah. saying that he's awful i just mm. think that when he came out and a lot of it was due to the fact he was replacing peyton yes and yes. what peyton yes. had been we thought the next 20 years yeah. were going to be just unbelievable but yeah. like you right. said he was put in some very very tough situations yeah. yes. at the beginning and well in the the beginning of his career his first season you saw this progression you know the first year they made the playoffs but yes. they lost in the first round the next yeah. one they they made it past the second round then uh the next year they made it to the afc championship so you saw this progression and you're like okay we can do this, this was yeah. a pretty seamless transition between as seamless as possible between a legend and and the newcomer and then you know the injuries started stacking up yeah. and i you 
nobody's that durable to go through all of the sacks that he went through and we saw at the end of uh last season with him you know if memory serves me right the first half of the season they were not helping Andrew Luck and he was getting sacked and sacked and then they turned that around the the offensive line didn't allow a sack for like seven games and in that period we were like six and one Mm -hmm. and Uh what he can do if he has the time and and all that is well I mean yeah and you think he's only obviously getting older I mean like so you know I mean it's not like he's getting younger to where it's like oh well he can still withstand it I mean (laughs) he's starting you know to get older and it's just like his I mean he's 29 yeah yeah he's he's an old man you know he's he's my age okay (laughs) and I just moved a friend a couple of weeks ago and it was the second time I moved my friend and we first moved him when we were 24 years old and we were like oh we were slinging couches you oh, know, yeah. oh we're yeah good, we we're good and then moving at 29 just f- and you know 29 is not old right right but right <laughs> we had to take a break a couple different know, times you know, I know. so uh, i, tell, you I know. totally get it Whew. yes <laughs> i can't imagine uh, you know being hit like that i know over and over and yeah. over and over again and you're yeah, talking about 23 years or 24 year old kids that run you know <laughs> four four forties yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah oh yeah definitely so well I, like i said we would have been um totally out of bounds <laughs> so if now we let's would, actually yeah. start the podcast yeah, like yeah. what well, we were like planning yeah. on i mean <laughs> whatever we want, wherever we want to go from here but yeah, <laughs> yeah but you had to discuss this the day Everybody's after talking i mean what yeah. i mean like not that it was a good day but it was a good like for you to come on yeah. for somebody you know that we can like talk about yeah the topic yeah. with yeah. you know that yeah. has a idea so well let's let's transition here and this will sure. be about as as seamless of a transition as i think we can get to but you know you obviously work in journalism yes. um so i do where does that passion for journalism for you come from um and i mean for me right now it'd probably be stories like this even though on your scale it's local yeah. stories yeah but those exciting things you can cover uh where the passion for journalism comes mm-hmm. from uh, you know what's strange about it all is that uh that is not really what this is not what i thought i would be doing uh whenever i came out of high school i really wasn't quite sure what i wanted to do and ended up studying human resources oh. but then kind of had an opportunity to work for the banner in brownstown smaller uh newspaper and i really just came to liking meeting people being out in the community and just kind of knowing what's going on um and then i i left the banner after uh, uh several years and um thought maybe i wouldn't work for a newspaper again and work for a law firm and it it turns out that while the law law firm work was very interesting and i got a chance to work for uh one of my mentors roger pardick uh i really was meant to be uh, a journalist um and just sharing those stories and making sure that people know what's going on um you know I, I cover a lot of the police news and that's stuff that people really are like they want to know about that you know right away uh so there's a little bit of the the thrill of getting things done as quickly as possible i think that kind of pushes me a little bit too but you know just kind of uh the overall part of journalism that I, I really love is that we get to write the rough draft of our history every single day and oh, uh, yeah. I think that that's uh, that's a really big honor to be trusted to do that so I think that's cool. I think that's a really cool way to look at it because yeah, yeah. you know I was a history major and, mm-hmm. and one of my favorite things if I'm in an antique store or a yard sale if people have old newspapers they oh, yeah. intrigue me like yeah. nothing else oh, I know and, and it's everything it's the advertisements to see yeah, that I know, right you know yeah. 
whatever a, a hammer was a nickel or whatever <laughs> yeah. it may be yeah, yeah. It, every bit of it tells that history of that mm-hmm. time and the stories that were popular at that time and you're i mean like you may read it and you'd be like really like that's what they yeah. Yeah, i mean but but that's again what was popular at the time or right. or, or the important event of the day at that time <laughs> exactly was, exactly know, somebody's having a house was. party yeah, yeah. i mean <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah i remember north yeah. they always run the 100 years ago today and one of them was <laughs> like the local pastor was having people over for lunch <laughs> after church on sunday yeah. really well, and that was like the big story yeah. like, well, you know those those were um, at the time. You know they they were called correspondents, and so okay. people who lived in these small little communities would write write about who visited who and <laughs> yeah. what happened in their area. And that was Facebook. Yeah, back hundred years ago. Yes, a hundred years ago, that was Facebook. Yeah, uh, that's how you found out about it. <laughs> Yeah. And when you talk about unusual for us now, right? Oh, yeah. I, know, right? I just I love it. And Jimmy came, and and Julie was there. A, a good time was had by all. Yeah. Yes, that's <laughs> exactly. That sounds exactly like it. Yes, yes. Uh, and you know, and you and you're right. The the police type stories are something obviously everyone yeah. has interest in. Yeah. Um. You know, I, I think most people that read the newspaper probably, and this sounds awful, but I think it's true. Check the obituaries. Um, That's check, true. Check the legal notes. That's uh, true. And then probably go to read the newspaper. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And I think that's obviously where we start with what we're going to learn from and, and yeah. those kind of things. So how hard is it, though, you know, being from this community and, and, and having to write some of those police stories and things with people you may know? Oh, you know, actually, what's interesting about that. I have not written um, very many police stories where I've actually known the people beforehand, uh, which is helpful. Um, sometimes, if that situation were to come up, I may, depending on my relationship with them, may ask someone else to do it. Oh, yeah. Um, but the thing about it maybe is that, uh, not necessarily that I know them, but <laughs> after writing a story about someone and then... I don't know, going to JC store, Walmart, and oh, hey, I know that guy. He he wrote about me, and that can maybe create a little bit of an awkward uh, of yeah, an awkward thing. Yeah. Um, that you know that actually that has happened once uh, where uh, I went to <laughs> I went to Chili's to get a, a to go order, and the a gentleman who was sitting in a booth right near where I was standing gave me this funny look, and I was like, well, that guy kind of looked at me weird, mm-hmm. you know, and um, sure enough, uh, my my memory was was triggered and I was like oh that's that guy oh man <laughs> oh yeah and it was not a very uh it wasn't a very good story on his end of it at all right um and then there were there were a couple other scenarios where something like that is played out where I, I went to uh, uh a local restaurant um and someone who was working there uh, I didn't write about him but I wrote about something else and he was upset about that and he uh, kind of contacted us and and was complaining about me wanted me to be fired and uh, so it's not necessarily that uh, I know these people uh, beforehand it's that I've written about them and maybe will because it is a smaller town like you you were saying uh, that maybe I will come across them at some other point wow <laughs> could, I never could, really would have thought that, I mean like that could create a different difficult yeah. dynamic <laughs> yeah I never would have really thought about yeah. that but I yeah. mean <laughs> I'm sure that yeah, yeah. And, and people because especially like like you said on some of them it's is some of them may not be in the most positive manner yeah. for them and I mean I think part of it is it's not like 
you're writing your opinion no. i mean you're just writing no, like no, no, the story the story right. i mean and right. again it may not be positive for them but it, i'm sure I, they take it personal I, like he wrote that yes. bad thing about me and you know i really because with with police stories and, and when you're writing things of those nature and uh you don't want that out there that you made this mistake or whatever but you yeah. know we do have a job to do because if people commit felonies people need to know about that and you know to an extent too we also have to hold the police accountable accountable for what they have done you yeah. know mm-hmm. did they do this correctly yeah. or yeah. you know but people are always they get upset uh because of those stories and they contact us and you know i never have the story right and i didn't do enough diligence and all that and I don't blame him for being upset, and I really don't take it personally, which is probably why I'm all right uh, for our newspaper uh, to do those stories because I really don't take it personal, and I really, right. to an extent, I understand that okay, you're you're upset and everything, but I think one of the more frustrating things is that they think like I don't care. Like I, I've right. gotten some messages before, it's like, well, this guy is a human just like you. And I'm like, well, yeah, I, I know that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. And, yeah. and you know, a lot of times it's like, well, yeah, this this person made a really uh, a mistake you right know, mm-hmm. that's all that has happened right now, sometimes they're really big mistakes yeah. uh but i'm not out to embarrass or make anyone look bad or feel bad i'm just trying to do my job and yeah. a lot of that information has to come from police so it's not me saying these things it's what the police have investigated and what they have told me and it is what it is i mean i can't do anything about that right so and some of those same people reminding you that that person's a human probably called andrew luck tons of awful things on facebook <laughs> the they're, they're, they're in the stands booing <laughs> yeah, right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> they want to remind <laughs> you yeah yeah i'm sure i get i've got a, a lot of people who boo me <laughs> so you know i want to ask you this because i i find this very interesting people people today say how newspapers are dying and i and yeah. i am so the no opposite secret. yeah i yeah. mean and yeah. I, don't get me wrong i know that readership is down but we still get a newspaper yeah, yeah. And, and thank you by the way no no yeah. problem no yeah <laughs> but even me and i'll be the first to admit i said this when we had zach on i probably read it more online yes. than anything now because yeah. when i get to work i've usually got 30 minutes or so before the day really starts i'll click on the tribune site and just kind of scan the things and mm-hmm. i will i'll be admit most of the time our newspapers just get piled up but the sure. time when i truly have time to sit down I want to hold a newspaper yeah, still. Yeah. Um, that's like really important to me, even though right. I, I'm transitioning because it's the ease How and the is, comfort. Right. But I still love a newspaper. And oh, yeah. I know. There's nothing better than holding a newspaper. Reading, but I, my my philosophy, actually, I know you kind of you said that readership's down um, maybe on that medium. But I mean, there's never been a time uh, where more people have read the Tribune than they do today because of the online yeah i mean when you add everything in i mean it's unreal how many people read it um but i i think my theory on this is that if you read a newspaper and and actually hold it i think that you are way more likely to read something that you wouldn't have otherwise i would agree agree with that that. yeah 100 yeah and i think if you read solely online you're only going to look for the stories that you think you want to read yeah and there's a there's a thing that you know if you're reading things that you want to read all the time you know that's great because that interests you right but if you're reading other things that you may not have read otherwise there's a, a point where there's a little bit of an 
enlightening uh, element to it right. where, you know, you know, the point of it all is to learn. Uh, and, and I think that uh, newspapers serve that the best way um, to enlighten people. I think you just described me 100 <laughs> percent. And I, I, I mean that because yeah. Yeah. if I sit down, and I'm holding the newspaper mm-hmm. and this this sounds so I won't just flip through it because I'm like. I sat down to read the newspaper, so yes. I will find something on probably almost every page. Mm-hmm. I'm not one like my grandfather would sit down and read it front to back, right. you know, sure. every article. But I'm going to find something probably on every page I'm going to read. If I log on to the site, I look at the You're front page the, that comes yeah. up, and if a picture catches my eye or a headline, oh. I'll read that. <laughs> yeah. But I don't, I don't go through the yeah. the same way. So I would agree. Yeah. I think that's a that's yeah. a huge true. thing. Yeah, and I'm guilty of it too. I mean it's really just part of our nature oh yeah I mean, it is and we're, we're gonna it's easiest to just click on something i really want to read you know uh whether whereas if it's you know presented to you in yeah. a different way uh you can be enlightened so yeah subscribe to your paper <laughs> yeah <laughs> even it, if it's not the tribune yeah no really <laughs> subscribe to a paper yeah and, and i think that's so true because it, it is you know and we're all so busy today but it mm-hmm. is the the place where you can truly get your local news and what's going on and, and yep. so often we complain about what's going on but we don't get involved in the processes or or um enlighten ourselves of what is actually happening yeah yeah Good. let's move on here talking a little bit more because you are also an author <laughs> which no one has actually really said jordan you're an author before so that's kind of cool it is <laughs> appreciate it you're farther than i have you've wrote <laughs> yeah. a book yeah <laughs> i've written a book so uh, ghost written a book ghost written book but and it's about it was about your grandmother. Yeah, it was. It's actually my grandmother's life story, but written uh, from her. So it's it's not me saying, "Oh, she did this" or okay. whatever. It's it's I. You know, I was born here. I did this. Uh, so it's actually written by her. Uh, I just wrote know, it up. Wrote it for. Her. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, but I would think that would be a really cool experience for you to be able to sit down and talk with her and like get her stories and like that kind of stuff i mean like that's something that you will always have oh yeah um you know it's it's looking back on it it was like oh wow i'm really really thankful for i don't know she passed away in in february uh, before the book could be released really yeah so it actually that's kind of an interesting element of it all Uh uh but you know i'm left with uh all of her handwritten notes of oh yeah of her life uh and i got about you know 15 audio recordings of uh, her and I talking about her life and that's awesome uh, yeah it's a, a pretty cool keepsake but it was a really uh, tremendous honor well, you know to write that for her and I know. mean like that's something that you know like your kids or I mean like any any family member of yeah. any kind you know years down yeah. the road yeah. can yeah. you know pick up and read at some point when they get yeah. older or whatever yeah. I mean and just know that that was even, I mean, like, even just the fact that it was written by a family member right. about a family. Yeah, I mean, right. like, that's, I think that's I, pretty cool. And, you know, I've had so many people come up to me uh, after the book uh, was released saying, man, I wish I would have done that with my grandparents. And, and I'm, yeah, I always am, am thinking in my mind, it's like, man, I'm glad I did that. Yeah, <laughs> 100%. You know? So yeah. It, it, it was, it was a cool, cool thing to do. You know, and it's something we, we actually just threw this out on Facebook the other day, and I, we haven't got very far with it yet, but it's something we're going to offer people here. Um, with our recording software and, and it mm-hmm. just kind of struck me the other day i always tell callie that one of my great greatest disappointments is that i didn't invest in this earlier when i said i was going to mm-hmm. because her grandfather who was a world war ii vet and i oh. love sitting down and talking to 
I said, I so badly wish I'd have sat down with him oh, with this yeah. recording equipment. I had yeah. those. So we're going to offer to people that, you know, for a, a minimal fee, letting people come out and bring those people and get those recordings. And we'll put oh, them wow. in, That's great. you know, segmented MP3 files for you to, to share with your family. So you have those recordings of those family members, because it is one of my disappointments yeah, yes. that I didn't do it. A wonderful, wonderful thing. So, so that I is, hope people take advantage of it. Yeah. And like I said, if it's, if it's not going to change us, but I wish right. we would have been able to do it. So mm-hmm. I definitely want, and I, mm-hmm. and I've been blessed. I've said this before too. My son loves coming out here and doing things and I've got yeah. Yeah, yeah, hours saying, of recordings, yeah. small sip, snippets of him and I having conversations right. that, you know, no one else will ever care about yeah. listening to, but me, oh, but yeah. it means the world to yeah. me. So, uh, you mentioned your, what you said your grandfather yeah. was a world war two. That's mm-hmm. another favorite part of journalism for me. Anytime I get to interview a world war two veteran, right. uh, which I've interviewed a handful of them. Uh, and yeah. it's, it's incredible. Yeah. And, it, and it's incredible. But that's what I love sitting and talking to her grandfather was like when I, being a history major, world war two seems so long ago yeah. And, yeah. I, and it was i mean in the grand timeline of of my life but yeah. to sit and talk to them and think about them being 18 years old and, and what they and, had to do oh yeah. my gosh. gosh yeah it's unreal it's unreal so and you know that's my grandma that was a, a good part of the book was uh about you know when my grandfather went to world war two and, and mm-hmm. what world war two was like and you know from her from, even yeah. from her perspective yeah and you know. you know she was in the seventh grade when pearl harbor happened Wow. And she remembered, you know, being absolutely terrified. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, she didn't really talk about that a whole lot in the book, but uh, I remember just from conversations way years before we had talked about it, you know, she said, oh, yeah, yeah. that was that was pretty scary. <laughs> we didn't know what was going to happen and, you know, having to do different drills at school because, you know, you never knew what was going to happen. And, oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Wow. And when you think about that in the 40s in her time period, and then you talk about... You know the Cold War era. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. The the fear that had to be brought in with that when we're starting to talk about nuclear weapons that yes we did believe could reach. So yeah. To go back up a little bit though, where did the where did the idea for the book come from? What what inspired you to actually do this with your grandma? <laughs> it's actually a really funny story, kind of. It came from her. It was her idea. Okay. Um, I was not with her when she uh, kind of presented this idea. My sister, uh, my older sister, was visiting with her one day. Um, and which growing up was easy for us to do because we I was we were all really close with my mammal we called her mammal uh, mm-hmm. uh, she lived right next door to us and it wasn't we weren't even neighbors we were closer than that like we shared a driveway lived on a little farm uh, like that so we were always really close to her but anyway my sister is visiting her one day in the fall and um, she says, well, I want to write a book about my life. I kind of, you know, thought about that. And my sister was like, oh man, that's a, that's a great idea. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I just kind of kidding about it, you know, I, but it was something I thought about. And she goes, well, you need to get with Jordan. He's a writer. Right. You know, he, he'll help you with it. You know, I'd I do anything for Mama. I always, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always do anything for her. So, um, my sister sends me a text message and says, hey, she has this idea. She wants to write a book. You know, I think you need to talk to her about it. Oh, okay. So I go over uh, the next time I visit her, and I say, what's this about this book, you know, I've, I've heard about? And she's like, oh, no, I don't, I don't, I don't want to do that. I was just joking. And I was like, well, okay. I mean, I would do it for you if you want to do it. And oh, no, 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 no. And so I kind of let it go. And then the next time I went over there, and I was like, you know, I'm going to write this book, you know. And uh, I said, 
come on, why don't we why don't we just do it? I said, you won't have to worry about anything. All you got to do is tell me the stories. Talk, yeah. yeah, tell me the stories, write them down, whatever you want to do, and I'll take care of it. And she's like, ah. and I said, well, I think your story is worth telling. I mean, she had a very compelling story, as people from that era do. Well, that's I mean, what I all think. I think that very, that that era, you're exactly yeah, right, yeah, uh, I mean, is is a very interesting I mean, story. You know, sixty years from now, Snapchat filters are not going to be interesting. But right. The fact that my <laughs> And I'm, I'm but, not laughing at your man. Yeah. I, I, the, that's such a good yes, point. Yeah. But the fact that my grandma did not have electricity and listened to the radio was her entertainment, and the way that she listened to it was that they plugged it into a car battery. Oh, wow. Oh my and when that battery lost all its juice, they would have to take it to an auto shop in town and charge it so that they could listen to the radio. Now, that is really compelling and interesting. Uh, so I finally, I was like, you know, your story's worth telling. And she said, well, okay, let's, let's do it. So I was thrilled and we, we started on it. Um, and that was, oh, I'd say October or November of maybe last year. Yeah. 2018, 2018. And, um, you know, she kind of had a little bit of a health issue after Christmas, but we, we kind of would talk. We talked about it pretty much every time I'd go to visit her, um, and we I would give her suggestions because she would kind of get stuck. Well, what what goes in a book? And I was like, well, just tell stories. And she'd be like, well, what story do I tell? I'm like, yeah. I don't know what's your life. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't there for all yeah, of that. You I gotta mean, tell I'm, me. I'm coming to you, and and so I'm just this little <laughs> small piece at the yes. at the back yeah, end. Yes. So I, I uh, would sit with her and make suggestions, and then we'd talk about it. You know, how did you feel through this? You know, all those things. And then, uh, like I said, after Christmas, she started uh, having this health issue. Um, in January, we realized that uh, probably wasn't going to get better. Um, and very thankful. Um, so between that October and when her health uh, started started to go, um, I uh, I had about 25, 30 pages of a Word document. And I ended with, like I think, somewhere in like the 80 to 90 range. But the book would not have happened uh, if it weren't for the uh, the final weekend that she was with us, actually, because uh, on the Saturday before she passed, uh, I think I went over there for five or six hours and talked to her with an audio recorder, just interviewed her basically mm-hmm. like a journalist would yeah. uh, on different topics. And then the next day, the Sunday, I was over there, I think, four hours, and she was getting kind of tired. <laughs> She's like, somebody would come in in the middle of the interview, was like, hey, we can quit. <laughs> Let's just, you know uh hold off a little bit because she was tired i mean she you know it was it was the end yeah and uh um i was really thankful for that weekend because the book really wouldn't have happened uh had it not been for that and you know my final actual real conversation with her was about her wedding day and uh it was a really special moment in her life um and that was the last uh real conversation i had with her um the the interesting thing about the book uh too is that well maybe a little bit of my stupidity uh was the timetable that i i gave myself um so she passed in uh on february 13th and uh she was from hayden and the hayden museum uh roger ruddock a shout out to roger ruddock thanks for all the work you do roger uh the hayden museum was a really important thing to her so it was my idea we had planned uh before she got ill that we were going to get this book done it was something we were going to really really work on in the winter time 
and we were going to re- release it on her 91st birthday, which uh, was April 23rd. And, uh, of course, she passed mm-hmm. February 13th. And I think it may have been at her funeral or shortly thereafter, I told Roger Ruddock, I said, hey, I'm going to get this uh, book done and uh, I uh, I want to release it at the, the museum on her birthday, what would have been her 91st birthday, and I would like all the, the proceeds to go uh, to the museum. And he said, oh, well, you know, that's great. And, uh, yeah, let's, let's do that. I'll put it on the calendar. And, okay. So, you know the day after I say this and, and think about man what an idiot like <laughs> <laughs> now I've got a time I don't know how to publish a book I don't even right. I mean not even writing it it's like I don't know how to publish a yeah. book I've never done this before yeah so I mean like I went to work and which was uh interesting because you know as close as we were losing her um I had to go write a book and listen to her voice and oh yeah you know do all that, that kind of stuff and uh, there were a couple weekends where it was like I worked about ten hours writing uh, a book, mm-hmm. and uh, but it, I think it kind of helped too. I was gonna say oh, that's yeah. gotta be that's gotta be a roller coaster of emotions to yeah. to do that. Yeah, because you're constantly diving back in. Yeah, but it's probably a very healthy way to grieve as well because yeah. I think a lot of times so many of us just get ourselves busy again to kind of mm-hmm. put it sure. away. You kind of had to dig yeah. back in and, yeah. and kind of you know yeah wrestle with some of those and things the i remember the the first uh i took a break after her funeral like a week um and i actually i kind of got like a really nasty cold uh right after her her funeral but um i was i got a little office room upstairs at home where i'll you know work on things from time to time and um so I was a little hesitant to start writing in. I was like, well, I don't know how I'm going to feel about, you know, hearing her voice a mm-hmm. week after she's passed. And so I'm saying that I'm kind of putting it off, putting it off. And my wife's like, well, you said you were going to get started. Are you going to get started? I mean, you've got to publish a book. You've got like a month. I'd say you've got a deadline <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, well, maybe two months. You, 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 you got to get going on this. Well, yeah, I know. I know. And I still was hesitant. And I, you know what they say about cardinals, right? Where, oh, yeah. you know, it's a relative visiting. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm sitting uh, in my office, just not really wanting to get started, and I hear this bird outside. We have a really big tree on the north side of our house, which is where my office is, and I've got a little window. And I hear this bird just like going nuts outside, and I, I walk over to the window and I look out, and it's a female cardinal, and it's on the other side of the tree, and uh, it it has this little bit of an attitude, and you know my. Mamaw had everybody would know. Mamaw <laughs> had an attitude, and she she kind of liked to say, "Hey, Jordan, time's wasting. Get you know, get going." And this bird makes its way to the closest branch to the window, and it kind of looks in at me, and it starts chirping after me. And I thought, "Well, there's my sign. I'll get going." So right after that, I sat at my desk and I went to work wow. and got it done, got it published, and we released it on what would have been her 91st birthday, and it was pretty cool. That's awesome. That, that is, is awesome. such a yeah. such a cool story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and like I said, something that, that you'll cherish forever because you've got those times. I mean, the book absolutely invaluable, but the time that you got to spend listening to those stories. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, what's kind of funny about this. I'm like probably one of the only people in my family who actually doesn't have a copy of the book. So I think I need to get one (laughs) to to save myself, but you know, you could get it on Amazon. There's my little shout out. Yeah. Very cool. (laughs) And, and or at the Jackson County Visitor Center or the Hayden Museum, I think has some copies too. 
Very cool. That is awesome. And like I said, I think it just it's so healthy because I know when I've lost some loved ones, I was very very close with my my great grandmother and great grandfather. And you know, the tough thing for me, especially my great grandmother who had um, Alzheimer's. Yeah. And as she got to the end and really wasn't herself, I really struggled with going and seeing her. And my mom yes. and I kind of had this. My mom took care of her, helped take care of her, and, mm-hmm. and I, my mom and I is a little different, but. My mom was like, you have to go see her. You have to go see her. But to me, it wasn't her. And I just struggled so much. I wanted to remember her before. Yes. And I think that's what's so great about what you have. And I wish I had. I wish I had those recordings and those memories. I mean, I have the memories, but the recordings and the the stories that she used to tell. Because that's what was so tough for me at the end was yeah seeing her as a shell of herself yeah Yeah. that was uh one thing that i was really 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 thankful for was that you know and actually kind of the sadder part her body just gave out yeah on her i mean that that's what it was but her mind at 90 years old was Mm -hmm. sharp i mean i used to gardening she was the most self-sufficient person i've ever met in my life Uh and which probably came back from her time period you know yeah yeah and gardening was her thing you Mm -hmm. know she put out a lot of produce and all that and you know the last six or so years i helped her with her garden and she planted it from seeds in her basement had you know oh wow yeah it looked like she had a little marijuana operation (laughs) (laughs) downstairs but way beyond her time (laughs) she was just waiting for which which we always joked i was like hey i mean if they legalize it here in indiana i think you you've got something you've already got the infrastructure yeah really (laughs) and she's like yeah we'll have to think about that (laughs) but i mean so there was this one time it was the the year before she she passed so at this point she's 89 90 years old and um i'm helping her with seeds and i needed something and i you know i can't even remember what it was she probably if she was here she could tell me what i needed at that point but i needed something and uh i said do you have this and she says well yeah it's upstairs i'll go get it i'm like well i'll go get it i mean just tell me where it's at and she says well if you go in the guest room and you go to the nightstand on the right side of the bed if you open the bottom drawer and you lift up this box it's going to be right underneath there and i'm like what so all right okay okay so i go up there and sure enough that's exactly where it was so her that was something i was really really uh thankful for that her mind was always so sharp yeah and, and i'm so sorry to to hear that uh that was the situation that you you had and that's that yeah. that's amazing my, <laughs> my grandfather on my my dad's side who unfortunately passed away just a year or so ago mm-hmm. but he had that i mm-hmm. mean he yeah. had a garage that was just full of junk yeah. which i take after everybody that comes <laughs> over to see but just full of a lifetime of collecting stuff and junk and yeah know, i mean these these chicago cubs things i mean it's all junk in here, <laughs> I know, right, right? <laughs> yeah just yeah. a little razzing yeah 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 <laughs> uh no but but you and you'd walk through and you'd be like oh my gosh there's no way you'd ever know anything and then you'd come in you'd be like hey i'm looking for this <laughs> yeah. and he'd be like okay yeah. Third shelf <laughs> behind the paint can back here yeah, in a like cool he knew right container. where it was. Yeah, he's like got an inventory of all their crap. Yeah, and I'm I like, know. I'm like, how do you even know that? Yeah, like, and it just it's it's mind blowing to me because here I am and I I don't know where half my stuff is. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's here somewhere. Like, I'll find me. it. Like, Give me a few weeks and I'll yeah. get it. I'll track it down. Right. Uh, so it's just it it's amazing, uh, and it is. It's it's that time period too of yeah. those of that you yeah. know. Um, Great Depression thinker and the way they operate. I mean, she, when I say the most self-sufficient person I've ever met, I mean, I like mean that. Like she made, she made her own clothes. 
Wow. Uh, wow. She wanted a hat. She made her hat. She wanted a purse. She made a purse. I mean, there was one time she went to Bonworth and she bought pants and I like, I about passed out, like fell over dead. Like, what? What did you do? And she's like, yeah. yeah. And they weren't right. I had to go hem them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Should have just made them. You know, it's like, yeah. wow. <laughs> and, Man. Well, that's like my grandfather. What I always joked about him, anything that, that went bad, he kept. So like if a mm-hmm. deep freeze went out, he kept. And he would just use us like a big storage container then, but <laughs> yeah. or refrigerators. But the amazing, I watched my this happen to my dad so many times. My dad would call and be like, "Hey, dad, the uh, the compressor on the refrigerator went out." And my grandfather would be like, "What kind is it, Kenmore? I got one that'll hook up to that." And he'd go get it and box it up and ship it to my dad. We'd have a replacement part. Like he would part out any home appliance he had. And I'm like, but it like at the time being it like a teenager with the mindset of money yeah. grows on like, trees what? i'm like that is the doing? dumbest thing ever <laughs> yeah. we have all yeah. this stuff and then now i'm like when i've got to order a part yeah. and it's, it's like, like half the cost yeah. of the, the yeah. plants i'm yeah. like what a genius i wish yeah. my, i wish my granddad was still here <laughs> yeah man i could just call him up <laughs> hook me or, up with something or, you know they didn't buy tupperware you know i you know trying to find something to eat at her house it was like okay <laughs> which yogurt container is it or, in oh right? yes <laughs> butter yes. dishes cool whip containers <laughs> yes 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 or yeah i mean she was and she she knew how to to pinch pennies and you know it's something yeah. i inherited from her i mean i'm that way too she, i don't i'm not this extreme i mean she would freeze milk oh for, really for what purpose i don't know but man you can't let the milk go and freeze or like, reuse baggies like, and that yeah, kind of yeah. stuff it's like, is that even like safe like yeah. is that a thing yeah, yeah my, well she made it to 90 so yeah i know i know <laughs> you're exactly it's probably right. good <laughs> yeah my grandma used to wash out the ziploc baggies i'm like oh yeah those yeah. are made to be disposed <laughs> to throw yes. away but, but uh, red solo cups we, we oh, would yeah. have, we'd have uh you know thanksgiving and christmas and she would save those and she'd wash them yeah which you know and you kind of think about it it's like man why don't why don't we all do that yeah right, right. i'm just yeah. like wasting it away when i just yeah, throw it away those things it, don't uh decompose very quickly yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, or any meal other than something like a thanksgiving or christmas it was mason jars because oh, yeah. you yeah. said we didn't can that much yeah. so there's, yeah. there's your cup your glasses <laughs> yeah. for the mason jars get them out there was no yeah. reason to have that, a glass that yeah. didn't serve another purpose yeah that, oh yeah that, that was a really good thing about uh helping mamaw with everything was the gardening and stuff was our our thing that yeah. we did and um you know i helped her grow it from seed uh helped her uh, transfer them into larger cups as the plants would grow and then we would take them out and we'd plant them in the garden and she always griped at me the only thing that you didn't do jordan is that you didn't help with the weeds so i guess i didn't help with the weeds yeah uh, during the summertime but then we would uh, pick it and we would can it and i i always loved canning mm-hmm. with her um so I, i'm kind of missing that this time of year mm-hmm. you know uh, oh, yeah. uh but uh that was a lot a lot of fun and and she know i mean she like just i mean she just like knew how to do it like year after yeah. year yeah there was no there no instructions <laughs> yeah there was no yes. Yeah. That's what blows yeah. my mind. Yeah. She would have them, but she didn't refer to them. Right. And, you know, it was like, okay, Mamal, uh, it's been a year since I've done this. So I know. I how, know. How long? She said, well, it's 15 pounds of pressure for five minutes. And then you, I'm like, what? How do you remember that? I know. I, I don't disagree with that at all. Yeah. And I'm like, how do you, like, they just know. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I yeah. don't know. Because, like, my grandparents put out a garden and stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. like, that's just what they because of the the time period they were in i mean like that was you didn't eat if you didn't yeah you i mean it, like right? all of that kind of i mean like you got everything from the yeah. garden yeah, i mean she, she would always i mean she was kind of like emotional about tomatoes because she's like that was my favorite thing when i was a kid jordan that 
oh man, it, you know, the first tomato that we came uh-huh. up, I was like, oh, that's great. And I'm like, man, I go to JC and, and buy them, you, or you know, whatever. Whenever you around, want. Yeah. Yeah. Grown but, a, yeah. but they're not very good. They're right. Not, they're no, not the you're same. right. But, you know, she, I mean, she never bought produce ever. Yeah. Ever. Well, that's what, you know, it was funny because when her grandfather actually got too old to mm-hmm. put out a garden, her and I, which we haven't been able to do the last couple of years, uh, mm-hmm. one with a new baby, and then this year it just rained all of mm-hmm. yeah. the spring, <laughs> yeah. um, and we didn't fight the mud, but it was like a, a huge honor for us to have that, mm-hmm. and he would drive over mm-hmm. every every morning, every other morning. Mm-hmm to see had the garden yeah and it was like we had had yeah like we had to like keep up with it you know and it was (laughs) like because and i would like we'd work on it on the weekend just so that Uh monday morning he'd come out you know he'd just drive around through my parents farm you know and see it and it was like you know we we didn't get next time you'd see him he'd say garden looks good that yeah, was it that's all and that's all we need but if he didn't bring it up you knew something <laughs> you was saw, wrong you messed something up yeah yeah very badly but you just right. get that head nodding yep. garden looks good yep yep yep, yep. <laughs> like, good enough oh man that's all we're working oh, for yeah. so yeah, absolutely well hey before we take off the crazy enough we are at 53 minutes already wow uh, what <laughs> just yeah. in our few times 15 right now no, yeah, I, know, right? I know it's 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 gone extremely fast but before you leave i do want to jump on the beer nerd thing yes yes um, yes, yes because I am a a huge fan of of beer yeah. uh, of all beer. kinds. Yeah. Um. But you do some homebrew, and that's yes. something. I actually have a homebrew kit he upstairs. Does. Yeah. I bought it the same time I started buying podcasting equipment uh-huh. because you had to pick. I there needed was a, a fork hobby in the road, right? Well, I, yeah. <laughs> I got out of coaching, and I needed a hobby, yeah. and I'm like, all right. I got to find something and I bought both of them yeah. and the homebrew kit's never been out of the box and <laughs> the podcasting thing well, has kind of taken over. Well, you know, homebrewing can be pretty frustrating. So maybe this, uh, the podcasting was a better choice because <laughs> you can make some bad beer, you know, right? Yeah, okay. yeah I'm sure. So um, how did you get into that? And, and you know, what, what, what are, what all goes into it? Well, okay. So I got into it, uh, because whenever I was 20, 21, uh, my, uh, my father-in-law, um, he wasn't my father-in-law at that point yet, but um, he and his neighbor brewed every Sunday, um, and they would make these five, ten-gallon batches of beer. And of course, you know, I said, "Sure, I'll, I'll go watch." And you know, I, and the tasting was fun, uh, yeah. <laughs> and um, it really became really, really interesting to me uh, uh, how it worked. And now it's it's quite a bit of work uh, on brew day, and and cleaning up is kind of frustrating, but. Um, it was really interesting and you know i kind of i guess the best way to describe me i like creating things right so i like writing articles i like yeah playing music you know i've written a few crappy songs <laughs> written uh, a book and i like to create beer that's just another thing of uh that i like to create um so uh as i kind of learned more from them i had a friend who i from high school that moved back to seymour who was interested in craft beer at the same time and he started brewing uh, a little bit as well, so we'd get together and, and brew. Now we made really really bad batches because we made this really big mistake: is that we would we would consume beer while we were brewing it. <laughs> Which, uh, I, got, I, I got a great friend. I love that you say that. I had a great friend, and they did it for a while. Yeah. And they made one batch that was excellent, but yeah. they had consumed too much. Yes. Couldn't remember how they made it and have <laughs> never replicated it again. Yeah, um, right. Well, the, the most important part of brewing beer uh, where you're going to make mistakes is whenever the temperature cools after you've made it, because then it's susceptible to all this bacteria. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's like at the end of the brew day. And so by the end of the brew day, we yeah. had, you know, 
and <laughs> we made a lot of mistakes. So we kind of got uh, frustrated with that. You know, it was a lot of work and quite a bit, a little, a little bit of money, uh, and we were making bad beer. So we kind of took a little hiatus. Uh, but I have started more so this summer. Uh, brewed uh, a few batches, and I'm back into it, and just really, really enjoy it. Um, so that's how I kind of got started. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And you sent me a text. You you did an Oktoberfest recently, didn't yes. you? Yes, I have one I left. I should have brought it, right? <laughs> I thought, oh, how I rude of me. <laughs> how, did, how did it come out? It, it, you know, it was really, really good. I mean, it, it tasted like an Oktoberfest. I mean, uh, I got it from a kit, and uh-huh. um, which they just send you all the ingredients. You just got to put it in there and do let let kind of do its thing. Um, but it, it turned out really well. Um, a few weeks ago, I brewed a brown ale. Um, wow. with uh, my co-worker Jordan Morey. He, he came in and helped out with that. Um, and that will be ready uh, Saturday. I think that's the I think that's a cool thing about it that I do mm-hmm. like. Um, and again, I've not I've not been involved in it much. My brother-in-law brews a lot, but mm-hmm. um, it's that you don't get immediate satisfaction. No. Everything you gotta we, wait. <laughs> we do in life seems like and, and it's just our, our How culture. long does it take? Does it depend on the beer? Uh yeah i mean so i mean we could we could do a whole episode on brewing beer oh Oh, i'm sure i'm sure (laughs) Um, yeah but like so usually if you're gonna make a batch it's gonna be uh brew day then you've got to allow it to ferment for two weeks after two weeks you bottle it and it's not carbonated so you've got to carbonate it and you do that by adding sugar so the uh, extra yeast will eat that sugar and carbonate the beer. That takes another two weeks. So you're looking at a month. Oh, really? Yeah. And I didn't realize it was that long. And there's two different types of yeast there and two different types of beer, actually, ale and lagers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're making a real lager, it takes it a little longer to ferment and you got to ferment it at cooler temperatures. That's why I don't make very many lagers because I don't have any way to keep the fermentation cool or at least at the optimum uh, temperature. temperature. Yeah. Um, and that can, I mean, they lager beers when they make Oktoberfest, they'll brew them in uh, March and they'll lager them all the way up to September. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, it, that is a long time. Yeah. <laughs> to yeah, wait for it. For to, a beer, right? <laughs> yeah, to do it and then wait. And then yeah. especially if it tastes like crap, then you're oh, like, gosh. oh gosh, yeah. well. Dumping, that's what I mean. Dumping We're, a lot of beer is yeah, not fun yeah. at all. We're such an immediate you know, gratification it, yes, society. And that's one yeah. of those hobbies where it's like, okay, you know, I, now I'm waiting. I'm waiting, and that yeah. day of okay, is this going to be any yes. good or not? Yeah, I was pretty nervous for the Oktoberfest. Like, oh man, I really don't want it to be bad. <laughs> I drink it, man. That's pretty good. Good. Yeah. Very so, cool. just on the the idea of just craft beers, not only home brewing, but mm-hmm. what are some of your favorite breweries? You know, around here in Indiana. Oh, in Indiana, oh, um, you can go anywhere too. Okay. Doesn't well, matter. specifically for Indiana, uh, Sean Malone will be happy. I'm a big fan of Seymour Brewing yes, Company. I like local. Yes, I like local. Too. It um, is. They, they are excellent. We yeah, do like. We good. do enjoy. Rich, uh, Rich Metter, um, he's a great brewer. Um, I like uh, I like Upland over in in Bloomington and uh, Bluing, uh, Bloomington Brewing Company. Uh, it's a smaller smaller brewery over there. They make really good stuff. Um, I am a fan, of, obviously, of Three Floyds up in yep. Munster, Indiana. It's one of the best breweries, not just in Indiana but in the world. Um, I, I do like Sun King. Uh, there are mm-hmm. several, a uh, handful in Indianapolis that are good. Oaken Barrel and, and Greenwood is I, really good. I was a huge fan of Sun King. Uh-huh. I have probably cooled on them a little bit. Yeah, it's... It's, it's become much more production, I think. Yeah, than, well, I think with Sun King, um, they were, for Indianapolis, they were at the forefront of when yes. the craft beer world kind of got here. Yes. Okay. 
And so I think that introduced a lot of people to it. So they were kind of obsessed with it. But as your palate kind of becomes more sophisticated, you realize that it's uh, it's good beer. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, right. I, I don't want to throw anything. But don't get me wrong. But it's not as like oh man as as it once was. Yeah, and they're not and they're not sure. as experimental yeah. anymore. They're right. more on hey, let me it, the business side of it. You yep. know, yeah. yep. they're, they're I mean, not small batching and saying okay, let's yeah. try this. Weemac is a Scotch ale, and there are Scotch ales out there that blow Weemac out of the water in my opinion and right. it's every it's all beer it like is. what people have to realize is that beer is opinion based yes and you know even like there are what people call beer snobs where it's like oh you drink that i mean it's like no i mean if you like coors light then drink it yeah yeah and if you don't like ipas don't drink them, right and right. it doesn't matter yeah <laughs> but some people are very judgmental on that oh uh, 450 north and, and zwanzig's uh those are those are good breweries yes those are too. good and yeah. we we love 450 north zwanzig's too but we love yeah. 450 north and the corn maze beer fest is <laughs> we've maybe gone every year it's a, it's a cool event yes. isn't it yeah yes, it's one i've not been best. to it i've just always seen oh, oh my gosh you should photos. really yeah. you should seriously yeah. go we've been like what this is maybe like their fourth third or fourth year or something yeah. but yeah. we've like been every year yeah. that they've like they just started a few years ago but cool concept it's it amazing i'm yeah. like who like that's that was a great a genius thought. idea yes. right <laughs> totally uh as far as other breweries that i really like uh nationwide sierra nevada i mean yes. they kind of started it all really in a sense other than anchor brewing uh dogfish head obviously um, and there are some some smaller breweries that nobody's heard of that I, I really like. Well, that's what we always like, you know, when we go on vacation or we do different things. We yeah. enjoy going, you know, to if there are local breweries and, and things like that. We yeah. love going and, yeah. and just trying them because... Yeah. I buy, whenever I go on vacation, I buy the local beer and the local newspaper. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So... We just went... Um, uh, to one in New Buffalo, Michigan. Um, oh, yeah. oh, Michigan's a hotbed of awesome breweries. It, there's a ton of them yep. up there. Yeah. Um, and it's called uh, Beer Church, Beer oh. Church Brewing. Cool. Um, and just expanded. And it's actually, and I know this may be offensive to some <laughs> some people, but it was a rundown church. It was no longer used. Well, that's uh, St. Joseph's in uh, Indianapolis. Yeah. They, they and, started uh-huh. in an old church. And yeah. they took it over. And I mean, it looks... Like from the outside. Redone it. It, yeah. You would think... Yeah. You're walking into church other than the giant sign right yeah. on the front that says beer. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, I'm Lutheran, so we believe in beer. Yeah, yeah so, <laughs> so it all we're, goes together. We're, we we're good. We're, we're, we're friendly to beer. We yeah. are as well, too, so yeah. we're Lutheran. Yeah. So yeah. It, it, Okay, great, It's cool. not offensive. Yeah, right, yeah. right. It's like, oh, well, that's just a beer. I mean, yeah. what? <laughs> that kind of works together, yeah. church yes. and beer. Yeah, but beer is interesting in uh, educating people on what goes into beer and how it's made and what makes it taste like this and what makes it taste like that and, and different things is always fun and yeah. it's and it's such a you know going back to kind of the history of things mm-hmm. it's such a historical concept as beer yeah. Yeah. you know it, it yeah that's what that's what when you go all the way back i mean the middle ages that's they drank alcohol because the water wasn't yeah. clean to yeah. drink yeah. I mean, yeah. they, they had yeah. to yeah create something to be able to to keep themselves alive yeah so. yeah and you know we i just I was in uh, Columbus last night and swung into the cork uh, out of, by the interstate and bought, um, I can't remember the name. Oh, my father-in-law bought it, actually. But uh, I can't remember the name of the brewery. It's a German. Well, I can't remember the name. I can't pronounce the name. Right. It's a there, you brewery. Go. there you go. And it, and it said uh, on the bottle, founded in 1040. <laughs> <laughs> like, whoa that was probably a time when it was safer to drink beer yeah. than water yeah so. oh yeah and, and when you think about that 1040 
we're we're excited. Like Budweiser's like founded in 1890. You know, <laughs> yeah, I mean? yeah. Yingling's 1829, and they're <laughs> yeah. the oldest continuing brewery yeah. in the yeah. uh, India in the United States. <laughs> well, Jordan, we're at an hour and five minutes, and we honestly didn't even get into your music background. So oh, we're, well, we're gonna have to have you come back and and talk some music sure, at some sure, point. Sure. Uh, yeah. But man, we uh, we really appreciate having you on. Hey. We we appreciate the work you do at the Tribune yeah. and around the community. Thank and, you um wish y'all the best hey same uh thanks for having me it was a lot of fun you know i told uh my wife and my mother-in-law yesterday yeah, i'm gonna be on this uh podcast they say it's gonna be an hour do you think i can talk an hour and i said jordan you have no problem <laughs> and there uh, i was well, you no did. problem yeah you did <laughs> i always love when people come on and they're like i don't have anything to say for an hour and then i'm like well oh. we're at about an hour and they're like huh <laughs> i haven't even got started yet i, I knew yeah. that wasn't gonna be a problem with me if i figured beer would come up that we yeah. could talk about a mammal i'm a pas- yeah. passionate about mammal. oh yeah yeah and the book right well uh to everybody listening again uh we'll be back next week um got a couple people we're working on a guest for uh uh, but nothing tied down yet for next week. We'll be back next Sunday. Um, if you're interested in doing some recordings of some family members, uh, reach out to me at droller at aprpodcast.com. Uh, we're going to start trying to get some of those set up. We can do anything from um, grandparents, uh, you know, parents. Uh, if you are a husband looking for a really unique um, a gift for a wife for an anniversary or a birthday, Come tell your love story to him. I know that sounds cheesy, but I'm going to tell you right now, I think your wife would absolutely die if they heard the story of you falling in love with them. Yeah, no kidding. You know, in, in a recording. So reach out to us. We'd love to set some of those up. Thanks again to our sponsors. Um, and to kind of follow up on what Jordan said, you know, subscribe to your local paper. You know, it, it, um, these guys do a great job and we yeah. appreciate them. So thank you. Everybody have a great week and uh, we'll see you again next week. We'll see you sometime, guys. <laughs> yeah.